I just want to do a quick meditation out of the book of Isaiah, uh, but before we do, did you know that Jesus' birth was not a surprise? So, uh, kids, tell me the oldest thing that you know. Someone, someone, if, you, if you're a kid, raise your hand. Tell me the oldest thing that you know. Some of you are next to grandma and grandpa. Some of you. Red, what's the oldest thing you can think of? Uh, old vacation house? Okay, yeah. Spencer, what's the oldest thing you know? Adam and Eve. Okay, yeah, you beat the system there. Good. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty old. What's the oldest thing you know? The earth. Okay, we're already poking holes in, the, in, in what I'm aiming for here. That's good. What's the oldest thing you know? My dad. Your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I, I get that. Uh, let's talk about uh, this building. Okay, the building we're in right now is not even 100 years old. Okay. Um, let me think. I'm going to stick my neck out a little bit here. Who's the oldest individual that we have in our presence today? Well, I know it's not me. <laughs> Tony, how old are you? 67. Does anybody beat 67? Oh, Dave, how old, how old are you, Dave? 76. Does anybody beat 70? This is a weird auction going on. Do I have got 76? Do we? <laughs> 76. Okay, that's decently, that's a while, Dave. That's a while. 76 is a while. Uh, our country, our country, the United States of America, that's like, got the president, you got the government, you got all this stuff. It's, we're going to round it off here. I think like 250-ish years, give, I think a little bit less than that. Um, that's, that's a long time. No one in this room was alive then. No one's grandparents were alive then. No one's great-grandparents were alive then. Uh, that's a long time. But did you know that the birth of Jesus was not a surprise in fact, it was promised a long time before that, but what we're going to read from today, 700 years before the birth of Jesus happened, uh, a guy named Isaiah wrote what I'm about to read, okay? And here's what he says. So 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the, the world was a mess Things were bad, it was sinful, it was ugly, and here's what he writes. He says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations uh, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. 
You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as the day in Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them from the bar, uh, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdoms, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So 700 years before the birth of Jesus, God looked at the world and said, it's messy. People are mean to one another. People are sinning. People are fighting against one another. And the world needs help. And God promised a Savior. And just like Miss Amanda read, we know that Savior is Jesus. There's a few things I want us to focus on this morning, just real quick, okay? It says In verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Meaning, if you think through every situation in your life, if you think through anything that, feels, uh, that brings you gloom or despair or that's hard that you're walking through, uh, God in this moment is pointing to a time, both through the birth of Jesus and through his second coming that we're believing and hoping in, God is pointing to a time that says there will be no more gloom. We're believing that Jesus is coming back to make all things new, all the broken, all the ugly, all the stuff that doesn't seem to fit together, that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to make all of it whole again. He's going to make all of it perfect again. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. So if at any point, whether you're at school, whether you're at work, parents, whatever happens, if at any point you're feeling sad, you're feeling like, oh, my life's pretty gloomy right now. There's a time that God promises that he's going to make all things new. He's going he's gonna to say, he's going to wipe the slate clean. He's going to say, I have come and I've restored all the broken parts of creation. He, he, we're reminded of this in verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Sometimes our life feels really foggy and feels really dark and feels really hard. And we're just like, I don't know what to do. And life seems really messy. And a, it, it's like a big flashlight just lights up the way that we should go. And that's what it's like when we follow God. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. Second thing. So there's going to be a day. That through the work of Jesus, there's no more gloom, there's no more sadness, and we're trusting and believing in that. And it's through Jesus, it's through the, the advent, the arrival of Jesus that we know and experience that. Second thing, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. This is one of my favorite hopes. If you turn on the news at any point, I mean, there's, there's wars going on, whether we're involved or, or, or not as a country. There's wars going on all over the place. It's ugly. War is not of God. It's ugly. It's horrific. God mourns when blood is shed. He values life. And, and God here is pointing, there's going to be a time when the, the boots that were used for war, 
and, and the blood uh, that's soaked up in the garments, we're going to roll those up, we're going to throw them in the fire. We don't need them anymore. There's another promise that's found in Scripture that says he's going to take all the swords, all the stuff that we use to fight one another, and we're going to pound them into plowshares. There's going to be a time where uh, all of the weapons of war are used for weapons of cultivation and, and of growing and of life because we won't need to fight one another anymore. And so if at school or at work you feel like there's fighting going on between you, God's promising a time where he makes all of that new. And if when you turn on the news and it looks ugly and you're like, oh, this seems really, really hard. Everyone's fighting against one another. God's promising a time where he says, we're going to throw all that stuff out. We don't need it anymore because God is ruling and reigning as a redeeming and a forever king. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning fuel for the fire. We'll toss it in a big bonfire because we don't need the stuff for war anymore. And then lastly, he says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. And this is how this is possible. It's possible to not have any more gloom. It's possible to get rid of all the things that you use for fighting because... Unto us a child is born and a son is given, and the whole government, the whole powers of the world are going to be placed on Jesus. We're going to trust him as our king. We're going to follow him as our leader, and we're going to look to him for all of our guidance, and we're going to worship him as the Lord of all creation. The government will be on his shoulders, and here's what we're going to call him. Wonderful counselor, meaning when we don't know what to do, when life feels confusing, we, we go to God and he gives us counsel and direction. But it's not just any old counselor direction. It's wonderful. It's the best. It's so, so good. We call him wonderful counselor. Mighty God, meaning he's ruling and reigning over all of creation. He's ruling and reigning over you. He's ruling and reigning over me. He's ruling and reigning over the trees outside. He's ruling and reigning over the elephants, both in Asia and in Africa. He's ruling and reigning over all creation. And uh, so he, he's God, ruling and reigning over it all. And he's mighty God. He's strong. We talked about it last night. God is big. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, meaning uh, the ways that, that uh, maybe your father, your dad has interacted with you, or the ways that you know that fathers or dads should interact with you, uh, being kind and gentle and comforting and all of those things. Um, and uh, he'll come around, he'll put his arm around you, he'll love you, he'll show you compassion and grace and mercy, and it's never, ever, 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 ever going to stop because he's an everlasting father, meaning forever, forever. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And this is what we were talking about earlier. When, when wars happen, when it's ugly, when people are fighting against one another, Jesus is going to come rule and reign and, and be lord over it. And he's going to bring peace to a world that seems like it's constantly in chaos. We talked about this several weeks ago in the creation account. This is what God does. He takes chaos and, and through his loving hand, he molds it and he shapes it and brings order and he brings peace to it. And of the greatness of his government, or his, his kingdom, his rule and his reign, and his peace, there will be no end. And this is the Jesus that we celebrate today, that we say Jesus has come. His work on the cross is good. It's enough for me. And simultaneously we go, and we're longing, we're hoping with expectant hearts on the return of Jesus. He's going to come back. He's going to make all things new 
once again.